Josh vs. Josh, Season 5, it's Resurrection Time. Josh vs. Josh was dead, but now they're back again. Sweet show was an amazing guest stars. Ryan Wright shot lasers from the Death Star. Matt zipped in and he zipped out, but no one knows what he was talking about. JDS took a rest, he spread his wings and flew far, far away. But now he's back to rule the pod game. Spitting on a little guy's face, eating ice cream and potting all over the place. Tom Nook is a crook, but Corey is working hard for the bells. Only PayPal, lemon friends and family for that guy sells. Jazz says sticky food makes it hard to wipe, especially when you're up potting all dang night. Takes a break to read some 17. Steve Buscemi on the cover of his magazine. Recycle some jokes and bring the garlic bread because Josh vs. Josh is back potting again. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Josh. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to JVJ. I'm your host. <laughs> Word. It's hard when you take the title of our podcast. And, no. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to JVJ. I'm your host, Corey Hatfield. With in the studio is JDS and the <laughs> man's man, Josh Hatfield. God damn it. Why can't we say our names? I th- it's fine. I don't if understand the Josh versus Josh. If it's we're like disassociating we... from the title Josh versus Josh, we need to stop constantly saying the words Josh and versus. I don't see. I disagree with that. I though. agree like, with I, it. I, I don't, just, like, uh... You agreed to rebrand. You fist. You were so. No, the rebranding's great. We're turning over a new leaf, but <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think we have to avoid saying Josh. We That's have ridiculous. to. We have to. It's rebranded. This is exactly how the last episode okay. started. Let's start over. Sorry about this, Steve. It's very. We're in a we're in a transition period. I get it. No worries. We're gonna keep all in. We just we <laughs> no. just keep going. We're breezy. Just, we'll just keep, words are breezy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host Corey Hatfield, and you're listening to JVJ. He's not gonna cut with me in the studio. Is Juice the yeah. common man? Yeah. And JDS. I'm here. You're the uncommon Jesus. man. And uh, today we have a special guest, Steve Campbell. How's it going? He is a, a narrator of audiobooks. Is that what you call yourself, a narrator? Yeah, that would be the correct terminology. Yeah. Do you have a business card that says narrator, none greater? <laughs> I don't, but that's a good a good tagline. I should. You can, I should you can that have that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, and then the today's questions were sent in by Tanner Hatfield. That's, oh. That's your brother. Can so, we say Hatfield? Yeah. <laughs> Before we get started, let's give Steve some crap for showing up late and not knowing what day it was. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a narrator. I work from home in a little booth. I don't know what day it is. He doesn't see the sun very often. No. So you thought it was Tuesday. Totally did. Totally thought it was Tuesday. <laughs> that I was is expecting. Great. I, I seriously had to like say to my son when I saw your email, I was like, why are they why are they doing it a day early? And then I was looking through and I said to my son, What day is it? Said he's like, it's Wednesday. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> when you, when I when I heard that you thought it was Tuesday, I thought for sure you were like 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. do you get hard deadlines when you're narrating books or whenever it's done, it's done? Well, it depends on the book. It depends on uh, the schedule of the book and what what's happening with it but usually when you give a deadline you want to have it done by that time and uh but there's always i shouldn't say always there can be extenuating circumstances that will affect a timeline of a book but usually it's like you have a set time of like we need to have it done by this date and then you go with that so 
Yeah. Well, how does that work for you when you make up your own dates? <laughs> well, You're like you needed it today. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was February still. Well, I'm yeah. Right now, I'm like I have books that are contracted out into July right now. So, and I have sequels in different series that, I mean, if I were to put all of those into the schedule, I'm contracted out till like December. So goodness right now, it's kind of like if they're wanting a book, I know the dates of the the stuff coming up. And that's kind of what I go by is like, oh, I need to have this done by this date or I need to have this done by here. But it's not like I'm finishing a book every day. Right. So, you know, when I'm in the middle of the book, I know how many pages I need to have done by the end of the day. But to tell me that it's like Tuesday doesn't really help me. You know. <laughs> so I have a question. Uh when you're when you're reading a line and let's say the the word is supposed to be part but it's actually fart, do you correct it yourself? Do you get in touch with the author or do you just go with fart? You mean in in the book like if there's an yes. editing issue in the book? Correct. <clears throat> It'll depend it depends on the editing issue. If it's something where it's clearly a word that you know is supposed to be a different word, you just you say the correct thing, right? Because you you're gonna get in trouble. Like I mean, people are gonna listen to it and go, "Why did the narrator say fart? That's not the right <laughs> word." What an idiot! <laughs> but, you know, so I don't want that. <laughs> so true. usually, what I'll do is I'll make sure that if it's a very clear distinction of what should be there and what is there, then I'll just make the edit and then I'll make a note of it and I'll let the author or the publisher, whoever I'm working with. I'll just give a note, right? And just say, by the way, ba ba ba. Some know, narrators don't leave a note, but I hate it when narrators say a word wrong. Do you look up a lot of words? I look up a mother load of words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably more than most because I'm Canadian. So Which you guys... would explain why you were late, because it's it's Tuesday yeah. in Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works, right? <laughs> the time change. <laughs> Didn't the it time just things. change recently? Yeah, but it might not. It did, changed. yeah, oh. on Sunday oh, for a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> but it wasn't a full day time change. It was just an <laughs> hour time change this year. I'm, so I don't know about you guys in Canada, but I'm sick and tired of this time change crap. I think <laughs> we should just stick with it. Yeah, there's a there's a big argument for that. Ironically, the town that I grew up in, they didn't change the time. It was <laughs> a farm. Yeah. It was a farming community and they voted on it as a town and said, no, we're not doing the time change. So they don't do a time change every year. So, so what time is it in that town now? You have no idea? No one knows? It's probably uh, well, it could be Thursday. <laughs> they go, well, they oh, are switch. You still they there? Go, no, I'm not. No. Um, they, uh, they switch. So for one half of the year, they're on uh, Pacific time. And then the other half of the year, they're on mountain time. So... <laughs> I'm in Calgary now, and so wow, one crazy. half of the year, they're the same hour as me, and then another half of the year, they're an hour ahead of us. I bet they're always missing their TV shows there. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like, what the hell's happening? Well, it always stays the same for them. It's always the same hour, so it's, yeah, it's really weird. And uh, But, I mean, growing up, we never knew, like, I mean, I knew about a time change, but we never had it. And uh, it wasn't it was until like I fairy moved tale. away. Yeah, <laughs> you were like, one day I'm going to get to the big city and experience this time change. <laughs> I bet you people, thought it was a lot People greater. keep telling me about this time change. I don't believe it. Mm. It doesn't happen. I can't wait to lose an hour of sleep. Yeah. Oh my gosh, well, when you said that, I could hear that character from Cameron's book. <laughs> which, uh, 
I don't remember. I'm trying to think of which character. <laughs> the zebra. The zebra. The zebra. How'd you feel yeah, about no, the guy like, trying to kill the zebra? Yeah. That was, you know, I had a chance to, because, I mean, there was some stuff that confused me a little bit about Tristan in the beginning uh, when I was prepping the book. And so I got to have a conversation with Cameron about that and just say, okay, what's happening here? And so fortunately, I got a little bit of a spoiler. He was like, are you sure you want to know this? And I was like, I think I need to know this. So he gave me some spoilers as to why Tristan is the way he is. And so it made sense to me. And so when I was narrating the book, without trying to telegraph it or give anything away, I tried to play Tristan the way he wrote him and understanding who Tristan was a little bit more deeply, play that into the character. But for someone who doesn't know or you know hasn't picked up on it, it's, it's going to be a bit confusing, some of the stuff that he does, because he can seem like a bit of a sociopath some of the time. Yeah. So in my mind, this conversation went, hey, uh, Cameron, I don't really understand this character. And he said, well, Steve, it took me 15 days to write this book. I don't <laughs> I don't understand the character either. Do whatever you want. No, that's not, exact, that's not exactly how it went. No, I mean, that's kind of what he told us. Yeah, he said well, it only took him like 15 days to write it. That blew my mind. That's pretty good. That's yeah, amazing. I don't know if it was, took him 15 days to write this book, but I know that one of the books, he, it took him about 15 days. I know that he's he's writing at about, I think he said he's averaging about, is it, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it's like 30 or 70,000 words. One of those two, I can't remember which one. It's, I think it's 30,000 words a month or 70,000 words a month, but I think it's 30,000 oh, words a month, a and then every two months he's he's done a book, basically. So. Did- now everybody in this room is a, is a pretty much an author, right? Josh, oh, come I, on. I actually self-published my own book as well. Uh, Josh, how far are you into your book? Uh, fifty pages. Fifty pages, Josh. How far are you into your book? I I'm nothing, not, huh? I, um, huh? I wrote a page. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, have you ever thought about making your own book? Writing, writing, making. Yeah, I should. I, I actually thought about writing before I started getting into narration, actually. I had done a little bit of writing when I was in high school, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I had written a few short stories when I was older, and I really liked it. And they got good you know, feedback from the people who wrote, read them. But I don't know, like I get, I get the whole imposter syndrome a lot. So like I was, I'm a big fan of Brandon Sanderson. And if you've ever, if you've ever, if you've ever read any of Sanderson's stuff, you read it and you go, what what the hell am I doing? Why would I even write? Like I could never compare to what he's able to do. Now I could say the same thing about narration because there's some guys I listen to and some ladies that I know that I go, oh my word, I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to be this good. This is incredible. And then there's other people that I hear narrate and I go, why the hell are they getting paid to do this? And I'm not. So that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what made that me, way myself. That's mm-hmm. what made me uh, make the decision to start looking into getting into narration and big uh, wheel of time fan. Love the wheel of time. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. We could have yeah. this guy on every week. <laughs> we could have a wheel of time podcast. There actually that is- was what introduced me to Sanderson was, uh, was him start was finishing off that series for yeah. Jordan when he passed. Me too. So yeah, that was uh, when I, when I saw him do that, I was like, hmm. And it was actually, it was interesting because I thought what he did with Matt in the the mm-hmm. last part of that series was really intriguing to me. The way he was like trying to get him to 
come up with all of these crazy backstories and characters mm-hmm. to try and hide identities. Matt became, Matt became really a, a much better character in the last three books. Sorry, guys. I mean, I, no, if, you, like, if you were all just a little my, bit better read, then no, you my, could hang with my us, thought but. is, Steve, I, I don't know if I'm just, I don't know. I just feel like you must have a really good memory just from the fact that you pulled up two characters' names out of two different books. And I probably shouldn't be because you narrated one of them. But I love, like, some books, and I couldn't tell you the characters' names. Well, The Wheel of Time is, like, 15 books long. If you've read it, they're ingrained. Yeah. I mean, you're talking... I mean, each one of those books, on average, are, are like... Bean's Girlfriend's name? Bean's Girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, uh... Oh, God, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, oh... what? Uh... The Shadow series of Ender Game. Ender's Game. Oh, the, she's uh, Greek or something. Yeah, yeah, she's Greek. Yeah, but you she's remember not... Bean's name. So <laughs> yeah, like, Bean. Matt is, Bean. There's, there's, there's Bean. There's like three main characters to the Wheel of Time. Well, actually, <laughs> there's more than that. But I guess I just listened. I listened to Fabled Islands. Petroff. I like Fabled Islands. Her name's Petrov. Oh, Petr- he got it. And uh, we had Cameron on the podcast. And I still couldn't remember Tristan for some reason. <laughs> Tristan. Well, to be fair... I mean, I re- I prepped the book, so I had to read it first. Then I recorded it, and so I sat with that book for a while, going over those names over and over and over again. So you know, it's hard hardly fair to to someone who's just listened to it one time. When I probably by when it all is said and done, I I went through that book easily four times. So well, Corey, the, the reason you know the reason you remember Bean, right? <laughs> because he was small like a bee. <laughs> Because <laughs> you remember beans from even Stephen. Yeah, he was That's good too. why. Do you? And who who else is Tristan? You've never heard the word Tristan before. Tristan and he's old. The yeah. movie. I mean, that's true. Do you get to? Do you do you pick? I mean, you probably don't pick and choose. You just do whatever you uh, get commissioned to do, right? Now I'm doing more picking and choosing. Well, that's good. It's great. I've had. Uh, I've been really fortunate to get some good authors that have wanted to work with me and. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm busy enough now that when people come to me with a book, I'll look at it and see if it's something that interests me or something that I feel could do well. And then I'll go, yeah, OK, I'd totally like to do that. Or I'm just say I'm really sorry. I don't have time. So if you read like a 50 page book about like a slime girl, and you really fell in love with it. Are you saying you would start narration on it before it's complete for little to no money? <laughs> when he says little to no money he means no money yeah we do have paypal now, right? you you guys did get my note about the slime girl right i've already done a slime girl book i'm doing now, a series me, with the slime actually, girl in it i'm glad you brought that up because i wanted to ask you what is your relationship with chris graves <laughs> we're very very intimately uh entwined like he's your husband? <laughs> well, I don't know if you wanted to bring that up or not, because you, you literally wrote in parentheses, that's not public knowledge. Well, so I thought maybe... it, it wasn't at the time. It's something that I've been kind of playing around with a little bit because... So it will be after this podcast. <laughs> Wait, what are we even talking about? Can we just break it down? Because not everyone's going to know. Yeah. Chris Graves, <laughs> Chris Graves is my pseudonym. It's another name that I narrate under. Oh, double paycheck. Dang. So do you narrate under that name when you really don't like the book, but you just need the money? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have another name that I narrate under with that. Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> so you do like erotic novels under a different name? Oh, so well, I, I actually listened to that first. Uh, was Halcyon Rising? Halcyon Rising, yeah. It, it was kind of erotic. <laughs> that was more. So his kids don't listen to his. Yeah. yeah, that one's more fade to black. But yeah, my Chris Gray stuff is usually it falls under the adult category. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of male adult fantasy that that um that kind of <laughs> so it's, it's like your up. porn name. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could I mean I wouldn't call it my porn name, but yeah, it's one of those kind of you know it kind of is. so so i mean but that's that's the thing is i mean chris graves has gotten really popular um (laughs) more popular than you you oh yeah way more popular than me oh yeah and uh and so he has a he has a number like he has a few titles out already there's another one coming out i was expecting it today or tomorrow to be coming out and uh and then i have oh oh are you kidding me I actually listened to you. <laughs> the enhancer? Yeah. Do you happen to have do you have a uh, a Chris Graves signature voice that you do? It's a little bit different than your normal? Not a lot. I I tend to try and do my narration voice uh to the tone of the book that I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um and especially because a lot of what ends up happening um especially for Chris Chris Graves is uh first person, right? So mm-hmm. You know, you want your narration to be as comfortable for you to do as possible because then it makes it more natural for the reader or the listener to hear it. And so when I'm doing a book, it depends on what kind of what kind of book I'm doing as to what kind of voice I'm going to be giving that main character or the narrator of that book. So, like, I mean, if you have a book like um, The Fabled Islands, where Tristan, he's 17 years old, he's very naive. Even though he has a lot of experience and he's a bit OP, like overpowered as a character, which is what Cameron loves, he's um, he's still very naive as far as being able to handle social situations, knowing what's really out there, and how to you know communicate and talk with himself. So when I'm doing a book like that, I kind of have him being a little bit more innocent, you know, and just kind of having that younger sound to his voice. Whereas if you're doing something where a guy is supposed to be wooing a whole bunch of women, this doesn't always play, <laughs> but it, but it is done because in Halcyon Rising, same things, a 17 year old kid who ends up, you know, becoming a, the head priest of a goddess and, uh, ends up leveling up a bunch of girls that he encounters and it kind of goes from there. So <laughs> you, know, well, you sold me on that book. Yeah, Josh Chow's gonna get I it. Don't think I can listen to that one at work though. That's gonna give me. A... So if well, you were gonna voice a how old is Slime Girl? Nineteen. Like a nineteen-year-old Slime Girl, what would you do there? Well, it depends on her character and her personality, right? So in in Halston Rising, the Slime Girl that's in there, she's she's uh she's her superpower, her gift, her skill is to seduce people. And to he's she's a negotiatrix, so she's able to negotiate Dumb. remarkably well. <laughs> and uh, and so when I'm doing her voice, I actually give her a really low, smoky voice. And so when I'm, I got to think of how I would. So I would get a little bit closer to the mic, and then I would give her a little bit more rust in her voice. I can tell totally like, hey. if Josh Dowd has a serious boner right <laughs> well, now, you're gonna have to calm down. <laughs> So I'm you, I can't listen to these books at work. I, I know. So she's like, you know, 
what would you want to do? How would you like to have me come to you and oh show you a God. really good time? I've, I've heard this before. I heard that voice before, though. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's that kind of thing, right? Where it depends. Because this is a mistake that uh, new narrators um, and some experience, ex- quote unquote, experience narrators end up doing is they think that, well, girls all have to have a high voice and guys have to have a low voice. So they have all their guys having this really big like, yeah, I'm going to give you what I'm going to do. And this is my gun. Let me show you how to do it. And they kind of have this machismo kind of sound to them. Right. And then all the girls, they have talking in this falsetto. But girls don't actually sound like that. So you have to try and understand. (laughs) You're a liar. You have to you have to try and understand who the characters are. And then play into that. And then with RPG lit and the harem lit and the game lit, people are expecting it to have, it's more, it's like Saturday morning cartoons for adults is how I look at it. As far as audiobook narration goes. That's pretty good. That's pretty uh, accurate. And so for me, it's a blast to do because you can really go out there and, and, and play with the voices a lot more. We're taught all the time as narrators that you take any kind of coaching or, or whatever, they're always talking about how subtlety plays, subtlety plays. A lot of people, they're listening to this thing in their in their headphones or whatever. They're alone in their car. And so they're like, get quiet. I have so many times, they're like, you're talking too loud. So I got to bring my voice down and talk quieter right here, right? And so that I'm That's giving what my... That's I try to do for the podcast, but they don't appreciate no, it. No, he just yells into the mic nonstop. <laughs> well, and I... Quiet so no one can hear me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I get that concern, too. And I'm a loud talker to begin with. My wife all the time when we're riding in the car, she'll, she'll be like, I'm right beside you. You don't need to yell. Just I'm right here. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, I'll stop getting all excited because I get excited and I get louder and then I get faster. And those are all no-nos when you're narrating. You're talking too fast and you're talking too loud. You got to bring it all down. But in but in the gamelet genre, the, the subtlety, yeah, it's there. But you can really go there with these characters and put them, not not do caricatures of uh, of of these people, but really kind of give them. Some of them can have a cliche voice or like that dastardly villain that's going to get you and he's going to do all these nasty things to you. You can do that and it works. It's okay. So you know, it's one of those things that you can play with a lot more in this genre and it's more accepted. Let me ask Whereas you a question. Yeah. How is how is your accent game? It's improving. I'm getting uh, I get a lot of compliments on what I do with accents. That would be hard so, for me. So you don't get a not a, a lot of notes saying too Canadian. I did at the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had to work on on toning my Canadian down a lot. What do you I'm, think about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Is the aboots and whatever that's more pronounced in Toronto, um, where they have that kind of talk eh and they want to say it like that and that's the way they kind of say their stuff eh in toronto and so that's the way they talk and in western canada it's not quite the same um but it's still there and then there's ways that there's ways that we talk that are uh that are different from from in the u.s like you guys are very flat in your sound and your vowels are very flat whereas in canada we round our vowels more so uh things like you guys would say process. Well, in Canada, we would say process. It's the process. And uh, and you guys would say on top. It's not on top. It's on top. I've been watching can... uh, 
I've been watching a Canadian TV show, and I totally hear it. I think uh, I might be Canadian because I've been told I'm saying the wrong word all the time. It's just because you mispronounce everything. (laughs) You've never gotten a word correct. No. With Canadian accent or not, everything you say is wrong. So, Steve, if you could pick any author to narrate for, who would it be? Sanderson, unquestionably. Sanderson? I think you would have a better shot, like, your career would boost if you did Norm MacDonald. Have you heard his podcast? Or his, sorry, his audiobook? Half of it's from the narrator's perspective. Well, I mean, usually his, Norm MacDonald, his pro- he probably does, like, a, a nonfiction, though, right? Like, it's like an autobiography. Claimed it was a autobiography, but the stories in it are pre- pretty clearly made up. Okay. Yeah. And it's, I mean, doing doing a Norm MacDonald book that's kind of an autobiography, I'm not going to do it the same way Norm does. Norm's a performer already. Like, you have people who, like David Spade, He do, he's done a few books now, but they're all talking about those books and his life. Yeah. Tina Fey, she did, a, she did one that was like called Bossy Pants. She narrated her own book. And they should. Those They're performers. They know how to do it, Most right? Yeah. So they they do a brilliant job with their audiobooks. Um, but for like just doing like a fantasy book or like a like a fiction book that I would love to do, yeah, Sanderson would be amazing. But Sanderson's the problem awesome. is the problem is that I love Michael Kramer so much that I couldn't possibly I'm like Have you met have you met Michael Kramer? I mean I'm sure you uh, go to a lot of narrator conferences. I haven't been. I haven't been to any narrator conferences yet. I'm going to one no, in New York. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been. To, I've been. To, um, I'm. I'm going to one in New York uh, in the end of May. There's the big one every year, and I wasn't able to make it last year, but this year I'm going. Though I don't think he's going to be there. I've had a chance to chat with him online a little bit. He's been gracious enough to talk to me and stuff, and and uh, and so I, you know, we chat back and forth occasionally on Facebook. But, um, yeah, I do do love his I do love his narration. When you hear a book and he's the narrator, it immediately gives it credit as as a good fantasy book. Yeah. Um, And isn't uh, the the woman that does the uh, Wheel of Time with him, isn't that his wife? Kate Ridding. Yeah. 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 Yeah, They're married and they're they're an incredible power couple um, as far as narration goes. They do some really excellent work. So. They're, they're too, like when I started, <clears throat> when I started listening to audiobooks, um, I, I really like, I, I got my first audible account just so I could do the wheel of time series again. Cause I had read the books, but then I caught, got caught up and was waiting like everyone else mm-hmm. for them to finish. And then he gets sick and then he I passes away. That. And, <laughs> and so, I mean, it had been years and those books are so dense and there's so many characters that I was like, Phew. I don't know if, like i got kids now my wife is not gonna let me go through and read these all again before i'm you know before before the next one comes out so i thought i would do them in audiobook form and that's actually what introduced me to michael kramer and kate redding and the work that they did on that series was incredible yeah. incredible you want to hear something that's gonna piss you off my <laughs> girlfriend listens to them at 1.8 times speed wow wow i hate it why <laughs> it's so fast and they do such an incredible job but so whatever. does it like knowing that some people listen to your recordings faster does that upset you or are you just like whatever 
if that's what they want to do, then that's what they're going to do, right? <laughs> he doesn't like care. It, they bought the book. He yeah. got the money from it. No, I like, just I mean, want to fit in more of your voice. <laughs> well, for me, I want to, like, I'm the kind of guy that loves to just sit in a book, right? Like, especially an audiobook. I want to just enjoy it for what it is. I'm not racing to get to the next book. So I don't feel the need to to speed up any of the stuff that I'm listening to. Um, it's last forever. Yeah. Have you, you you could cut this out of the podcast, Corey, but have you have you heard of uh, or have you read or listened to the lies of Locke Lamora? I have not. No, I don't. I don't know who the uh, the narrator is, but he might be the best I've ever heard. I, I suggest it. Use your, use, your next, use your next credit on the lies of Locke Lamora. <laughs> lies of Locke Lamora. Yep. And you don't remember who narrated that one? I could, I could probably pull it up, but, uh, but yeah, it's it is great, and it I, you just have to hear it because it's a lot of like words with uh, Spanish flair. I don't think anybody could do it better, um, but so don't even try. So don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> I have well, a question. Narrated by sure. Michael Page. Michael, Michael Page. Page. Sounds I'm made up. Is that him. you too? <laughs> I was totally expecting you to. Uh, to name someone I already knew, because there's a few narrators that I go, holy, holy hell, how how are you able to do it that incredibly well? Yeah, so that book is a uh, well, a the book is amazing and it's a series, but uh, but the uh, the narration is is uh, about as good as it gets, I think. That's how awesome. do you feel about like random celebrities getting in the game of of narrating, like uh, what James Franco does? One of Stephen King's books, and who was uh, the dude who played Dexter? Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's also doing the new Hobbit. Don't you think they have enough money, and <laughs> no. they should just stick to what they're doing? No, I don't. The thing—it's kind of a double-edged sword because if it becomes more, honestly, I don't think that I don't think that them doing it is a bad thing, for a couple of reasons. One, because it draws attention to audiobooks in general. And people will try an audiobook just because they see like, ooh, they did it. Okay, I'll try it. And if it gets them into listening to audiobooks, that's great for the industry. And that's great for me and by extension. Now, on the same note, do I think that they're gonna give up their movie careers and become audiobook narrators? No, not likely. Reese Witherspoon did. She just retired. <laughs> she's hoping yeah. to get Slime Girl because she's so greasy. She's going after Slime Girl. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and she is greasy, but greasy, greasy, like, greasy, yeah. greasy. I think you're. I think. I think his career is pretty much locked in, though. I don't think Reese Witherspoon's going to go after those lit RPGs, especially the hair. <laughs> so there's a good question. What if Reese Witherspoon got in the lit RPGs? How would you feel then? <laughs> yeah. Well, you I, didn't you, say that's the only thing you'd narrate, right? You're willing no, it's to not the only out, thing right? I narrate at all. It's I love doing them because they're fun to do. I love lit RPG because they're fun to do. But I'm a huge fan of doing like PNR, YA, and uh, and um, just like if it's a great story, I want to do it. Right? It's a lot of fun to do that. So I like, like a doing nice post coming of age tale. I don't, what is that <laughs> in reference to? Uh, is that's what I like. You pointed that oh, out, and yeah. I didn't know what it was called until I was 32. Well, I did. Uh, I did. Uh, Halo Boy is a coming of age book, and it doesn't get nearly as much play as it as it should because it's a companion book. But um, it was one of my favorite books to narrate. It was one of the most challenging books I had to narrate. I thought it was going to be really easy because he was a 19 year old Canadian kid, and I was like, perfect. That's right in my wheelhouse. And uh, 
the very first sentence, the very first page, he's getting on a plane and he ends up going over to Madrid and spends the entire book in Europe. And so I had like the Castilian Spanish accent I had to do. I had some Dutch in there. A Texan came by for a little bit, a whole bunch of Irish, some English. And I was, I was dying doing all of those accents. There's a lot of study and research that went into doing that book. Have you listened to my mom wrote a porno or my dad wrote a porno? I haven't. No, that's a podcast. He's... Yeah, but he reads his dad's porno book. It's hilarious. It's really... <laughs> he does a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. and it's, you said something like he's got a British accent when he's reading it. He just everything he says sounds classy, despite the fact that he's reading Bill <laughs> mm-hmm. porno. Yeah. <laughs> Do you listen to any podcasts? Um, JBJ. Yeah, I listen. I listen to um, I listen to a couple uh a lot of them have to do with voiceover work or uh, audiobook narration in the industry um i've tried some other ones and i bounce back and forth but for me for me listening to an audiobook is is more entertaining and enjoyable than certain podcasts that i'll listen to so yeah. if i'm listening to something it's usually an audiobook some question for us Gordon. yeah have you ever listened to the watcher series That's not a... <laughs> okay i have some questions that was a joke because you narrated it yeah well that? i i was i co-narrated that i worked with chelsea stevens on that series yeah uh she was all right anyway actually before we go i got one question <laughs> i'm just curious when you uh when you do narration do you read like uh a sentence and then and then have like a, an audio file for that sentence, or do you do a whole page or a paragraph? Are you shitting me. I mean, obviously, you don't do a whole page. <laughs> that seems horrible. Do you do an it audio? per word? No, I would never do it per sentence or per. Well, word. obviously, he's not going to be able to do a whole thing. Or do you go back and edit a huge audio file? I'm just curious. Uh, usually, so I do what's called punch and roll. So essentially what that means is while I'm while I'm reading a book, if I make a mistake or if I have to sneeze or I got to stop, then I'll go back to the beginning of whatever sentence I I made the mistake in or that I had to stop at and I'll click my record button and it will roll through so that I can hear back what I had read previous to that sentence so that I can get back into the tone, get back into the cadence. And then I'm reading along with it. And then as soon as it starts recording, I just start talking right into that sentence so that it's a smooth transition so if i need to stop for whatever reason i can stop and do that now your voice changes as you're going throughout the day and for varies from day to day so you don't want to have like a large break in your recording time and have it be in the middle of a sentence so usually i try and stop at a chapter and then i can that's a long enough break in silence that when the next chapter starts you won't notice a change in the quality of my voice as much and then I can I can continue on from there. All right. Does that, would you, does that answer would you, the question? That answered it that perfectly. Was great. Do you would you ever consider narrating a book um, of like personal instant messages between three teenage girls? <laughs> I don't think that that would be a wise decision for anyone to get me to do that with three teenage girls because I'm not I'm a guy. Yeah, but but listen, you could do three different teenage girls' voices and change to three different authors or narrators' names, three different pen yeah. names, three paychecks, three paychecks, mm-hmm. boom. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that it quite does the way. Work that way. <laughs> well, not to brag or say that like I'm a better narrator than you, but I did narrate one audiobook and I just sat down and did the whole thing at once. No mistakes. No mistakes either. Really? 
Yeah. Well, start to finish. It is. Long, it was. Is it was his brother's book, and it was like two pages long. It was like seventeen pages. <laughs> It's a children's book. It's a children's book is still a book. Josh. Yeah, but it, it says not... book right at the end of it. <laughs> now, granted, it took three minutes to record, but I did. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. Oh, I have one more question before we get into this. Uh, do you get like a uh, do you get a hard copy of the book or a soft copy, whatever, whenever you're narrating the book? Or do they just send you like emailed pages? I've gotten I've gotten a few gifts from authors i'm always excited to do it um or to get them when i get when i do get them the authors will sign them or whatever and those are i treasure those a lot i'm a cameron send you one did cameron no but i don't think his books Uh, are in print yeah they they are oh no they're in yeah he could have emailed you one (laughs) digitally signed it but i mean yeah that's the thing like i get i get sent a manuscript and we don't you don't want to hear pages turning so everything is digital for us now oh, right? i didn't even think about yeah, that, that makes sense. so what if so, it's like a real olden time book you would want to hear the pages so no, would you just sit there read while you flip pages of a different book <laughs> nobody would want to hear the pages well i'm even if i'm doing <laughs> an old book it, have to make the noises with his mouth <laughs> <laughs> next page <laughs> that's pretty good he's amazing <laughs> okay uh so i don't know if you know how we do this podcast normally we don't record 40 minutes before we get into it but uh people have sent us in questions because they need help in their lives and we're gonna just give our opinions <laughs> uh question one how do you guys place your toilet paper i'm assuming he's meaning you know you know when you put do you the roll, roll it over or do you roll it under exactly yeah. And I've seen some some stuff about how it was patented, and I just let's just get rid of that altogether because that's just fake. Well, news. you don't want it where it's coming forward and you pull it and spiders shoot out at you. But let's be honest, who uses toilet, toilet paper? paper? It's all about wet wipes. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. Do they have toilet paper in Canada, Steve? <laughs> no, we're still using leaves. Leaves. Well, here in America, <laughs> we're no. In America, we're phasing it out for three seashells. Nice, nice. <laughs> it yeah. is the Demolition cleanest man. Way. I love that. That is a great reference there. Nice. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and he got the reference. That's yeah, I know. That's incredible. He is very well listened. Yeah. Well, that was a watched. I didn't listen to that one. I watched that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Demolition Man was a, was a Stallone stuff. and Wesley Snipes movie. Yes. Jesus. Uh, it's also in one of our old theme songs. <laughs> hey, Steve, tone it down a bit. I think after we get off the phone, they're going to want to replace me. <laughs> Juice, how do you do your toilet paper? Overhand. Overhand. I like to live dangerously. I hope I see a spider. Oh, because you're going to wipe your butt with a spider? Yep. I know someone at work who will take paper towels and, oh. and then wet them before they go into the stall. So you know what they're doing with those. <laughs> Wiping down the seat with all the urine yes, on yeah, it. That's, that's exactly what it is. Steve, do you have an opinion about toilet paper? Um, I think that it should be under just because, I mean, only if you have kids or cats. Oh, because yeah. oh. if you have a kid, I don't know if you've seen them, but they go whap, whap, whap. And if it's rolling under, it goes flip, 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 flip. Oh, my gosh. Whereas she if it's rolling sound effect game. over, <laughs> it's just going to unravel, unravel, unravel. Sense. So that's my preference when it comes to that. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, Steve, you're re- you're also really good at sound effects, but I don't hear any sound effects in your books. That's a conscious choice. Okay. 
I struggled you don't with that. Want to in fact, that narrative. Well, no, like in Hanser 2, there was a voice that came up. It was the main villain voice, and it said that his voice had a metallic, gravelly sound when I was when it, you know, like it was just it was distorted, almost had a mechanized sound to it. And so I tried to do that as good as I could with my voice, um, just in trying to give him that like I had him talking like this the whole time so that it had that grating voice and still had, but it's not, it's not going to sound metallic. But then I was playing with it in post and I made it sound metallic and it was perfect. Loved it. And I thought it was really good. Even let, I let the, the author listen to it. And he said, that is exactly the voice I had in my head when I wrote that character. It's perfect. But I didn't put it in the final, um, in the final draft that went out to the public because the second you start doing um effects in in your narration one a lot of people don't like them two the people who do like them if you start doing them then they expect them and you start having to do them and it becomes a lot more involved i'm all about that lower the expectations that's what this podcast is all about (laughs) we don't even say our name anymore no we keep we keep those (laughs) expectations down on the ground you want to do question two? Question I think we, two. we nailed question one. Yeah, good job, everyone. Uh, <laughs> question two. What looks dumber? Rollerblades. Wait, You what? want to do that uh, again? Yeah, question two. What looks dumber? Rollerblading with one skate or skiing with one ski? Probably the rollerblading, because the skiing, there's a lot of snow. You well, don't... skiing with one ski is snowboarding. So, like, that's a thing. Rollerblading with one Rollerblade is skateboarding ish. <laughs> Not really. It's attached to your feet. Oh, so is a ski. Steve, yeah, you do I, a lot of skiing. I did. I started skiing, and then I discovered snowboarding when I was eighteen, and I never looked back. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a diehard snowboard snowboard guy. I haven't well, I haven't done the ski things in a lot of years. We don't consider there are no mountains we, close to us. When I was a much younger lad. We uh, we had a few snow hills, as you call it, up in Canada, uh, <laughs> and we would ride down them, but they were only about two foot drop. Yeah, I don't. And also, but to answer the question, I, 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 this is a ridiculous question. Anyone who's on a a roller skate or two roller skates, they just look weird anyway. So. Yeah, but they're a hell of a roller skater if they could pull it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. The thing about okay. the thing about one ski is even if people go, oh, he's only got one ski on, they can immediately assume, oh, he he wiped out, he lost one of his skis, and they understand. If you're going around with one rollerblade, they're going, what kind of dumbass couldn't figure out to put the other rollerblade on <laughs> yeah. when he was heading out the door? So, like, Look at that crackhead. He must have sold his rollerblade for drugs. <laughs> rollerblades are cool, though. No, they're not. Anyone blading is, cool. blading blading. is not cool. Blading, blading is, is, blading is, is cool. weak. It's for dummies you're just jealous because you never had rollerblades yeah i keep wanting to take your guys my my window on my screen that you guys are in and sliding it a little bit over because i get like jv is it jvc i get your shoulder yeah occasionally your ear and that's about all i get to see of you You want him to lean forward more there we go no no he's good that that adjustment made it perfect Ah, so yeah the rest of the time now we got it well we have like a close who's the um what is the guy's name? Is it Andy Andy Rickman that's with Conan? Andy, Andy Richter. Richter. Andy Ricker. That's kind Andy. of in this bad oh, digital. Are you gonna video. say that's I look like? No, not you. 
JVL, He's not saying anything JVC. like that. I'm Andy Richter. You're not. You're stop, right. Let him talk. Yeah. Guys. What the heck? He's saying hey. I'm fat like Andy Richter. I wasn't saying you at all. <laughs> he is fat like Andy. Yeah, Richter. Yeah, I'm fat and I love Andy Richter, so I'm good. He's got the same proportion. I wish I was half the man Andy Richter was. No, you're you're 100 of the man. <laughs> you're fat. You're both fat. Yeah, but I wish I was half his size. Oh, okay. Get it? Okay. Are you guys ready for question three? Question three. This one's a doozy. What's <laughs> Morgan Freeman's secret to immortality? Um, he's not immortal. I actually I have the answer. answer. Do you want to hear it? What? He, just like Tom Brady, is a succubus. And he gets his life force by kissing boys. <laughs> Tom no. Brady is the guy who kissed the boy, I guess. Yeah, he well, kissed his son libel. right on the lips. I don't know. It's not talking. libel, it's real. He kisses everybody. He kissed his coach. Well, how, old is, his how old is his son? I'll tell you if it's like okay 18. His son's 18, and no. he kissed him on the lips? No. How who, old is who are we talking about? Tom Brady. Oh, you told me about it. I don't know. Uh, I think his son is like over 13. Uh, 12 is. That's too old. That's There should be a cutoff of kissing your boy on the lips. <laughs> Steve, how old is too old to kiss your son on the lips? My boys are 8 and 12, and I don't know that I ever kissed my boys on the lips. That's so, not a bad practice. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, you're pretty safe there. It's Well, I know some guys who do that or whatever, but... And it, if that's if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. I just uh, that was never. I, I give hear. my ki- I give my boys kisses all the time, like I'll kiss their forehead, you know, whatever. But kiss on the lips, yeah, that's, that's... a little much. But <laughs> my, I hear it's the key to immortality. Yeah, so you might, but I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm not judging people who do. You know, like if that's if that's the intimacy that your family has, then. It's, if you're worried that your, <laughs> but your Steve, little you, boy kissing neighbor is going to hear this and judge you, don't don't worry about it. No, Steve likes to keep his kids at arm length. It's just a firm handshake for, <laughs> instead of a goodnight kiss. Now, now my son is six, and I the other day I went to kiss him goodnight, and he went to kiss me, and our lips touched on the side, and my first thought was, ew, gross. <laughs> so, I, and I love my son. I just don't want any smooches. <laughs> I'm no Tom Brady. How did he feel about it? I'm sure he was fine with it. I'm okay. handsome. Well, are you? <laughs> he said I look like Andy Richter. <laughs> you don't look anything like Andy Richter. I didn't say bad. you look well, like Andy Richter. You said Judge. Me? This guy yes. looks like Andy Richter? He didn't oh, say yes. anyone looks like Andy Richter. He said he was in the spot Andy Richter is in in the Conan O'Brien show. Well, now he's saying I look like Andy but Richter. But you guys wouldn't stop talking that, to let him get out. So would I be the Conan? <laughs> well, yes. you'd be the guest. No, I'm not, I'm not giving you that. <laughs> He's goofy. You need to get much more bang happening here, like the big bangs going up in your hair before you can, you know, start thinking about wanting to be Conan. Yeah, you also have to be like seven foot tall and 110 pounds. And know a lot about history. I don't know shit about history. He knows a lot about history? Oh, he loves history. You don't know anything about Conan, do you? I know enough about Conan. You're like, I love Stephen Colbert so I do much. It does sound like Hello, I tonight's like my favorite show. I hate I hate you. I hate this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was your your answer about Morgan Freeman? I, I I don't think he's immortal. I mean he's obviously aging. We can we can look at it. Are you sure? I'm not I hate to I hate to agree with JDS, but if you look at him and the Shawshank Redemption and then look at him today, you can see that he's older. Mm. I think he looked pretty dang old from the time he was born. <laughs> He's always looked Maybe old. Maybe that's but his like, secret, just looking old all the time. Yeah. Rough life. That's good for you, because like, 
you couldn't look any worse. You're already a rock bottom. <laughs> I know Morgan Freeman has one mind. He likes that joke. <laughs> he likes the he likes it when we talk about how ugly you are. Yeah. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, I know Morgan Freeman has one motto. What is it? Uh, degrees before you stretch your knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is Morgan Freeman's motto. Uh, Steve, did you want to talk about Morgan Freeman? I, I mean, I think we covered it with the the face smooching. Steve, on that. Steve, do you want to talk about Morgan Freeman? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I think that we've kind of beat that. Would you want to narrate a book with Morgan Freeman? No. I mean, yes and no, because, I mean, that would be a huge opportunity. But at the same time, it would be like, you know, if you were a wannabe singer and you someone said, do you want to sing with, you know, Spears. Uh, like Freddie Mercury? You'd be like, yeah, I want to sing with Freddie Mercury. But better. do you want to be- <laughs> Do you want to actually like be compared to Freddie Mercury? No, you don't. So in that instance, it would be like, why would I, why would I do that? It's like playing basketball against Michael Jordan. What? Yeah, that would be a you cool experience, but it'd be embarrassing. Yeah, but don't you think there was a lot of hype around Fred, Freddie Mercury and the only reason he was successful was his, his beautiful singing voice? <laughs> <laughs> i think he had a lot of charisma and yes his singing voice was ridiculous and if that's a reason to be successful then take yeah. it bullshit right <laughs> it's not Corey's jealous because he has no talent and Freddie Mercury had all that i can't talent. do shit i wrote a book and my brother wrote a book that's better hey no you sold <laughs> i mean you sold what six seven copies so, hey fantastic thanks well you should pitch the just pitch the name of it and give it the oh yeah it's called the haunted living room if you want to check it out okay it's a kid's book read it to your kids is it gonna be safe to read to my kids oh yeah i i made it with my kids oh nice nice they're the characters in the book oh fantastic i'm a loving father even if i won't kiss him on the lips (laughs) (laughs) okay you guys ready for question four oh yeah this I mean, I'm ready. This one's, you said you're ready, so, so I'll, ready. I'll look you right in the eyes when I read it. Okay. Who's the most legendary? Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers, or Bill Nye? And these are all very popular to like right now. Bill Nye's out. Bill uh, Nye's out, yeah. I'm Bob, more of a Bill Nye kind of guy. Bob Ross seemed like a good guy, but like I, I know he lied to me for most of his career because uh, I know that he did not like the fro. Yes. He said it was cheaper, right? Yeah. Like it was cheaper to get a perm? No, he, well, maybe when he started, but like that's what people knew him by was the fro. And if he lost the fro, then people would maybe not like him so much. I don't he's know. also a liar because he's missing a finger and he never pointed it out. But I'll say Mr. Rogers, that guy, that guy knows how to to yeah. do a, a weird kids show. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you because the impact of Mr. Rogers has never gone away. Whereas mm-hmm. Bob Ross, there was probably a 12 year period where you know nobody knew who Bob Ross yeah. was. And you know what? He's, I mean, in 10 more years, no one's going to know who Bob Ross is again because I like, think he's... The, the only reason why people are reminiscing about him right now is because we used to watch him on... Yeah, and he was on Netflix. But I watch those all with my kids, so 10 years from now, my kids will be like, Maybe. remember that shitty painting show my dad <laughs> made me watch? It's still on Netflix. <laughs> it's on Netflix too. Netflix. Netflix Million 2.0. Yeah, I don't know. What Netflix to call it. 2. I was going to say Netflix 2000, but then I was like, that'd be pretty old. 19 years ago. <laughs> what, what do you What do you think, Steve? Uh, this is all American television, so yeah, I'm more of a, I'm more of a Mr. Dress Up guy. So, is the that Friendly the Giant? Thing? 
That seems like a weird. What is Mister Dress Up? I need an explanation. Mister Mister Dress Up is the uh, is the Mister Rogers of Canada. So he had a a kids show and he would read books to you and he had puppets on there that that he would talk with all the time. Casey and Finnegan were the two: a little boy puppet and a little dog named Finnegan. And uh, he would make crafts and stuff with you. He'd read stories and he would do different things. And it was. Yeah, just Mr. Dress Up hanging up, and he had a he had a uh, tickle trunk, and in his tickle trunk oh, were a shit. whole bunch. Of, I know, I know, it gets weird. <laughs> there's there's a lot of adult jokes that could be in there, but when you're a kid, it was cool and sweet because he had a load of costumes. He just had a trunk full of different kinds of costumes, and he would, you know, one time be a wizard, or he would have a fireman in there, or whatever, and he would dress up as whatever whatever character he was doing. So yeah, you go into his great. tickle trunk, open it up, and yeah. Did it hit uh, Canadian Netflix yet? <laughs> um, you know, I don't think it has. I think it's still owned by CBC, which is a Canadian broadcasting corporation. So I think that it's it's not really really hit the uh, Canadian Netflix yet. Is there anything that was popular when you were little that's come back now? Uh, from Canadian content? Yeah. Maple well, syrup? <laughs> Maple syrup has always been a steady eddy. Um, well, it's, it's been that way all around the world. I know yeah. you guys own it, but... <laughs> well, we don't. Like Vermont's got a pretty good claim. Vermont? Yeah. yeah. New England, they have, a, they have a fair number of maple trees there, too. I heard it's all sugar water there. Oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you were trying to that? back up Vermont, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, well maybe, maybe it is. I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for their maple syrup. Um, what are those little... Do you remember the little... Um, digital pets that you can get the name is escaping me right now tamagotchi yeah tamagotchi for some reason those are starting to come back and i was like oh okay and my boys are Hmm. my boys are into um pokemon which was a thing when i was in junior high i don't know if pokemon ever went away though well it it ebbs and flows i think a little bit i think that game boy game really made it stick like you can't find a more perfect game really I think every time a new game comes out, it kind of resurges. Yeah. The thing yeah. is, the games are all the same. They don't change anything. It's That's not kind of bad games. Really. Well, I'm not going to say they're not bad games. They are designed for 8 to 10-year-olds. But they definitely need to be harder. There needs to be a hard. Josh, difficulty. you clearly forget the last generation that came out and everyone stopped playing because yeah, they changed Did them. you not play the newest one where Pikachu had that tickle trunk? That was crazy. I don't... I don't want a tickle trunk. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a Pokemon tickle trunk. And then it looked like an old lady with a big butt. <laughs> she has to tickle you. No. I'm going to write Dr. Pokemon right now. Is so, that, I have a question. This has nothing to do with Mr. Rogers or tickle trunk. <laughs> uh, is, uh, is Letterkenny, have you heard of this? Letterkenny, yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't watched any of the shows, but I've seen some of the trailers. Is, is that, that's, an, that's a Canadian TV show, right? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. It's pretty popular. It's on Hulu right now, but I, I think it originally broadcast in Canadian. Yeah, that? that I think it was on Crackle or something like that. Yeah, Crackle TV. Yeah. Yeah, it has, that has Snatch, the TV Snatch. show. Snatch, oh, that was great. You watched the TV show? We had a, we had a show. I was thinking. Our big shows when, we, when I was growing up, we would watch, um, we always watched Anne of Green Gables and Road to Avonlea. I don't know if you've heard of Anne of Green Gables, but it's a very famous book. I've heard of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a TV show. There's been it. It was remade again and put on Netflix a little not too long ago. 
So they redid Anna Green Gables and it was on it made it on Netflix. But we used to watch this show called The Littlest Hobo. And uh and it was I feel like Canadian TV is a little bit weird. It is, is. Like it's little a, rascals. It's a lot weird. The littlest the littlest hobo was a German shepherd dog who got on and off trains all the time, like he was a hobo, he was homeless, and he would just show up in a town kind of like Benji and solve some problem or help is some this family. Live action? Yeah, like totally. It was an actual dog. He's oh, a trained German shepherd. And he would go awesome. into a town and he would help people do whatever and uh, solve some crime or do something. And it, it was live action. The dog never talked. People were trying to figure out like, you know, like, you know, did Timmy fall in the well? Show me, you know, and they, he would bark or whatever, but he would like save people. And it was called The Little Tobo. That was Lassie. You stole that from Lassie. <laughs> totally, it, I know it was Lassie, but this that's kind of the... It was a Canadian well, Lassie. It was a Canadian you, Benji you, kind of thing. You loved the Littlest Hobo, right? You even knew what yeah, music yeah. was put on? You used to dress up as the Littlest Hobo. Yeah, I remember watching it between the years of uh, 1979 and 1985. That's true. <laughs> he, loved <it. laughs> he loved it in those years. No, but I've I've never seen it before, but I, I think I remember them making a reference to it on The Simpsons once. Could be. I think it was, it was just a passing line. It was huge line. in Canada. I think it was just involved. I think they were talking about Lassie going to hell, and they mentioned the littlest hobo. I'm a bit of a Simpsons fanatic. Okay. Yeah, his favorite show is The Simpsons, followed closely by the littlest hobo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say followed closely by Futurama or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's up there. Okay, so I did watch five episodes of Futurama today. So, so JDS, you said Mr. Rogers. Mr. Dressup. Mr. Dressup. Dress yes. With his tickle trunk. I will write that in on the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> Last question, guys. This one was my question because I was I was in a bathroom and I was just thinking, does the average woman in the world know what a urinal is? Because they don't have those in their bathroom. Well, yeah, they're familiar with what a urinal is. How do you? Why? Why do you? Why would they be familiar with a urinal? Because guys talk about them all the time. I've what? never, what? I've never said, "Hey, I'm, let me tell you a story about a urinal." No, it's not I like that. About like in Canada, where you're talking about urinals. I was talking about a urinal with Michelle yesterday because I think that they're really, it's a weird design. Because you told her to quit going into the guy's bathroom and peeing in the urinals. I don't know why we're peeing on a piece of porcelain that is like flat against where you're hitting it i just feel like if it were sloped i just think it's poor so what designed. do you like better the ones that go all the way to the floor the half ones or just the big trough you have to stand next if to i'm being floor? honest i pee at the the children's urinal <laughs> because i want the urinal to be as far as away far as away as possible that's why me. i stand at the sink when i pee <laughs> well i had a buddy and it was shortly after high school i was on tour with him and he he would always flush during his during his pee so that the water was running down oh and it would splash God. back at him. <laughs> Why? Wait, he wanted the water to splash at him? No, he was trying to prevent that. So oh. when he flushed the well, urinal, it flowed down the back of the toilet so that as it, he peed, it, it, no, it would get like the water that. and, so and it would all force it down. I like that. That's why I pee in the sinks and then it's green when I wash my hands and it's the same water to flush it down. Have you That's heard the... Uh, have you heard the... TMI thing. I think we've just hit that right there. Oh no. TTFL? Yeah, you don't know, Corey, if you think you hit TMI with him. <laughs> just wait. I like to podcast like no one's listening. <laughs> this is true. <laughs>
Well, that was all my questions. That's a good slogan. Well, Josh didn't answer. Yeah. What was the question? Something does. about a urinal. Oh, yeah. Women know what urinals are. Why That's just ridiculous. Why wouldn't they? I, I'm glad that you owned up to that question because it's seriously a ba- it's a terrible that question. That wasn't my question. I was just trying to take credit because I thought it was a good question. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, that's just there's, as bad. How, you've seen, there's been commercials where guys are standing at urinals or TV shows where, you know, like they're fighting in bathrooms. I mean, yeah. do you, do you remember that episode urinal? of uh, Mr. Dress Up where he went to the urinal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but like, okay, so what was the latest? Like a tampon is, right? Like, but you well, don't you don't have a period roughly, but, but I would not know how to insert one. Well, it's I, it doesn't make sense to me because okay, it's in a plastic applicator, it. right? <laughs> so what do you do? Push it through the plastic applicator? But I thought that the little string was the pole. I thought you shoved it in, yanked the string, <laughs> right, and then so, it's all so made. No, the string is for later when you have to take it out, not for. Why do you know fine. this? Because he, he's a normal. Did you narrate human? a Because I'm a grown up. <laughs> he's a. He, <laughs> look at him, Corey. He looks like a real human. You claim to be a grown up, but I just heard you do a voice of a sex earlier. So don't act so mature. Her name was Sindra. <laughs> also, you don't know what day it is, dude. So that, yeah. that hurts your grown up argument. I, I feel a, like, uh, to be fair. To be fair, I shouldn't be saying that and not know what day it is. That's true. <laughs> you got uh, me there. Well, I'm just saying, if I handed you a tampon, you would know how I mean, to figure it out. Can, and if you had a lady go into a man's yeah, bathroom, like, they wouldn't know how to do a urinal. It's what are you talking about? It's one lever. It's not like, it's not like you walk into a urinal and go, "What is this strange device? How do I use this?" Like, That's why I do. Let me ask you a question, Corey. Did anyone teach you how to use a urinal? Someone had to have. That's pretty intuitive. <laughs> no, uh, I have a story of a guy that I work with who used to do a podcast. Uh, he said his whole life he saw urinals and he asked his dad, can I poop in that? And his dad <laughs> would say, no, you can't poop in that. And never explained to him that poop doesn't go down it. So one time yeah, he was at like, a restaurant. Obvious. It's obvious. He was at a restaurant with his family and he told his dad he had to go to the bathroom. So his dad let him go by himself. The first thing he did was poop in the urinal. I'm assuming he was younger. 15. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. That's terrible. I don't agree with that. I have a joke about that, actually, very similar to that. Guy, guy goes to see his doctor, and he says, Doc, I got a problem. And he says, what's that? And he says, well, I, I think I have to show you. You got to see it. And he says, okay. And he says, okay, well, I got to take my pants down. Doctor says, all right, well, let's see what's, go- what's going on. He says, well, take a look. I'm My girlfriend, this is the first time I've ever you know, been intimate with a woman and she freaked out when she saw my penis. And so she said, it's not normal. And I need you to take a look and tell me if it's, if it's not normal, because I thought it was fine. So I says, okay, well, let's take a look. He drops his pants and the doctor almost faints. He's like, whoa, oh my God, what's wrong with you? That thing looks terrible. It's terrible. He's like, it's just the way it has always looked. And he's like, oh yeah, no, that is not normal. It's not okay. He says, let me let me confer with some colleagues, come back and see me in a week, and then and then we'll we'll I'll have an answer for you. So the guy goes goes away. A week later, the doctor calls him in and and uh and uh the guy says to the doctor, you know what, doc? The problem it's worked itself out. And the doctor says, What do you mean it's worked itself out? He's like, Everything's fine now. He goes, It's fine. He says, Yes, here, look. And he pulls down his pants and it perfectly normy normal, healthy penis. And so the doc like was like, well, what happened? I mean, did it just suddenly change? He says, well, I went to the bathroom this one time 
And I happened to be peeing beside this guy at the urinal. And I saw him just kind of when he was finished, he just went tap, 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 flipped it back into his pants and walked away and washed his hands. And the doctor said, well, yeah. He says, well, I started doing that. And then it kind of worked itself out. Everything was fine. And the doctor said, well, what were you doing before? He says, well, I was trying to wring it out like this, and it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that proves my point. (laughs) It was good having you on because you have a, I like your voice. I like the sound of your voice. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, we've got to have some kind of career where you use your voice. Mm -hmm. JDS over here sounds like a fucking horse or something. Well, you know. (laughs) Corey sounds like some kind of weird man child. I just get confused when words are, you know, when you got to say words. (laughs) It well, just flusters me. That's it's a good thing I, you're not doing a podcast or something. <laughs> that definitely would be terrible. not, yeah. I, no, I appreciate you saying that because I actually thought that when I wanted to start looking into getting into narration, I thought, there's no way I can narrate because I have a terrible voice. So it's not going to work. And nobody's going to want to listen to me do anything. So I seriously didn't get into narration sooner because I thought, no one's going to want to hear me talk. And so now that I've gotten to the place where I have people who enjoy listening to me talk to them for hours on end, I'm shocked. I'm still still amazed by that. But so yeah. When you said that you had classes or that people were going to like narration classes, did you do that? Do you do that? Oh, yeah. I, I've taken tons of coaching, tons of coaching. Some stuff I take coaching for dialect. I got coaching to reduce my Canadian accent. I've taken coaching to get better at doing accents. Um, do, do you, uh, did you go to school for like, uh, audio engineering or anything like that? I didn't go to school for it. I paid a guy who's an audio engineer who went through and taught me and trained me on how to, um, get my recording set, right. Get all of my levels corrected, make sure that I have everything set properly so that I'm able to edit my stuff the way I need to. So yeah, that was something that I had to pay someone to teach me how to do. So you and went through I, all that, and then you came on our podcast, and we're going to make you sound like shit. I was pretty impressed that uh, Josh emailed you while we were talking to Cameron. He asked you if you liked Cameron, and you emailed back to him <laughs> while we were still in the podcast. Yeah. It was the strangest thing that happened, because I, ha- I actually happened to... I have my email open. I was on my phone, and the message blinged up saying, you know, Hi, I'm Josh. I'm doing a podcast with... Cameron Mylan, he says you guys are friends. Can you confirm that? And I was like, what what is happening? And what has Cameron said <laughs> that could get me in trouble here? If I confirm that him I'm friends with Cameron and he's telling people that he likes to chop someone up and feed them to his dog, I'm gonna have some issues. So I was really like, oh, do I answer this? Do I not? What is going on? I was like, but I mean, Karen's a good guy. He's a nice guy. I like him. So, you know, but I had to clarify that it's like friends is a relative term because we don't live in the same city. It's not like we go bowling every week and, you know, he babysits my kids. He, we're, you know, it could we're buddies in the operation. I could have been the cops and I just found all the bodies. <laughs> yeah, and you're exactly. like, hey, he's my friend. We seem to uh, find this email where you're friends with this young man. <laughs> <laughs> it did kind of like the way Josh worded it. Can you confirm this? It did kind of like lend credence to his words as if he's like some kind of journalist. <laughs> 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 well, I was just like, I mean, there's no harm in me saying that, you know, we're friends and he's a great guy. I really enjoy talking to him and we've. We've had the opportunity to chat occasionally via, 
you know, messenger voice things or whatever. And we message each other, you know, a number of times regarding the book that he's working on or what some of the questions that he has and some of the questions I had. So, yeah, no, I was like, yeah, he's a great guy. Totally. Are you excited for the second Fabled Islands book to come out? I am. I think that he's he's slow playing that one a little bit. Yeah. So he said he wants to become a better writer before he works more on that series. And I think that he's I mean, I saw I saw the progression of how he's, you know, because I did listen to a little bit of some of the other book that he, books that he's done. And uh, and so I know that he's progressed in his writing skills. And I mean, he's still really young. Right. And for me, the fact that he comes up with really interesting concepts and uh, has unique perspectives on on world building, the other stuff will come. You know, as he's writing more, as he's as he's learning more, if he's if he continues to be open, open to learning and getting better, he'll become a better writer. And I think that um, moving forward, I really think that he could be someone that starts to really create a name for himself in that genre. And he could be uh, the next Brandon Sanderman. Sanders. That's what I said. <laughs> well, Corey's favorite author is Brandon Sanderman. Yes. <laughs> just, he, he mostly writes medical stuff. You yeah, probably don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit he, obscure. He so, has a very interesting journal on the long leg cast. So can I, do you guys listen to a lot of audiobooks? I know that you listen to some of them. Yeah, we listen to an extraordinary amount of audiobooks. Yeah, I think we, well, me and Corey listen to them at work. So Yeah, um, 10 hours a day. That's what I week. used to do. Yeah. Yeah. I went through a lot of audiobooks listening to to them before I started narrating, working 10 hours a day, just able to stick my headphones in. So I totally get that. What well, What are you guys' favorite genres that you like to listen to? I think we're all pretty much caught up in the like fantasy lit RPG. Uh, I'm, I'm all fantasy all the time. Yeah. Or horror. Horror. I don't, I don't really do horror. <laughs> I also really enjoy uh, coming of age tales. Yes. Yeah. Those, those are probably my favorite. And, and what more. about um, what about your name? Like, I'm not looking for me, but like, who are your favorite narrators? Who who are the ones that you you want to you want to go to? I know that you JVC you like Michael Kramer and Kate Redding. Like the first lit RPG we ever listened to was uh, Way of the Shaman by Vasily Mahanyanko, and okay. the the narrator's name is Jonathan Yen, and he really pretty much made the book series. Yeah, it. It would not have been the same without yeah. Like, literally, he's... the Vasily Mahanyeko wrote this. It's like an eight-book series. And now he's doing a spin-off series. And they have a different narrator. And I just don't like it at all. Isn't that have frustrating? You, yeah. And they, they pronounce the names of the yes. characters differently. It, yeah. it drives me nuts. I, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Nick Podell. I am familiar with Nick Podell, yeah. He's not my favorite. But, I, I mean... <laughs> Uh, don't you hate Nick? Pope? Yeah, but but he's he narrates <laughs> he narrates some of the best books. I mean, he's narrating for Rothfuss, and so like he's huge in fantasy right now. Yeah, I just don't he think is. he's that great. I uh, like uh, I like uh, Reese Witherspoon. She was great. She's pretty greasy. She's greasy. <laughs> she did Ghost at a Watchman. I'm trying to think. There's there's another guy that. Uh, have you ever since you love the fantasy stuff? Have you ever listened to anything by Brent Weeks? Yes, I, I'm not. I I didn't actually care for his books. Which ones did you listen to? There was. Uh, did he do the, like there was one where I, I can't remember what it was. I, I listened to a lot of fantasy and Brent Weeks and, did uh, the Night Angel trilogy. 
I listened to the Way of the Shadow. I think the I did the Night Angel. You have the Way of the Year. Oh know. yeah, yeah, the Way of the Shadow, and then he did a. He's okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that was. I guess I was thinking of a different one. Um, and yeah, then he did. Fun. He did. Um, oh, the Lightbringer series is the, the one. Lightbringer. He's... That was the one I wasn't. I didn't care for so much. I didn't like the main character. But... How far? How far did you get into that? into that book or that series before you gave up or did you give up? I probably, well, I probably listened to the first one. Good 15 minutes is what, <laughs> what he gives them, but he puts it on twice the speed. So they really <laughs> have to press. I'm trying to think that like the, the other one, Steven brand is pretty good. Okay. Actually. Yeah. So, uh, have you listened, have you read any books by Anthony Ryan? Um, mm, he did no. the, he did the blood song. He, he's a good, he's a good narrator. You're like it's okay. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's ever, Did you ever try? Because you're a Sanderson fan, did you ever try the Reckoner series? Uh, is that the one with where they're superheroes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey listened to those. Too. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, with uh, what the what's it called? Something Heart. Uh, Steel Heart. Steel Heart. Steel Heart. Yeah. Is, five mm-hmm. minutes ago, he was Brenton Sandelman to you, and that was your favorite author. <laughs> oh, that's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brandon Sanderson Steel. did Steel Heart. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah I love those calamity. books with Steel Heart and uh, he did the the, the Reckoners and yeah. Oh, I can't. Whatever they called the moon, I don't, that dude, I don't know. Well, there was Calamity was the last Calamity. one. And there, was, yeah. there was like a fire, was it Firestarter or Firestar or something like that? Was Firestar, th- yeah, the chick. And that was the other book. Yeah, I like those. I'm a big yeah. Brandon Sanderson's fan. Yeah. The, <laughs> but I tried listening to other series and I didn't love it. Did you ever try his, uh, did you ever try his Legion series? No. Well, I don't, I don't know, know if I know that one. Those I'm are a way bigger Sanderson fan than you. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't the, say Sanderson. I mean, I, I you like. You said he was your favorite author last week. I like R.C. Barry. R.C. Bray. That's him as a narrator. He's but I uh, think, yeah. He did the Martian. Yes, I think that's maybe what it is. It's it has to be the book. They have to have something to work with, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're. It's I think good to be picky. For my yeah. philosophy, my philosophy is is that as a narrator, my job is to make a bad book good. A good book, great, and a great book, excellent. And that's always my goal going into whatever series or book that I'm working on. And I'm not going to say that, you know, every book that I've done is like a an absolute winner. But <clears throat> I'm sure that you guys have encountered it listening to as many audiobooks as you have, where you hear the narrator and you can tell that he just is not enjoying or she is just not enjoying the book. And they're just putting in their time and they're struggling through it. And it's not fun for anyone. And so it's made it really it made it really impossible for me to be subjective about the books that I've worked on, because when I'm listening to the when I'm when I'm reading the story to go through and I'm and I'm going through it to get it prepped for recording, I'm looking for things in that book that I can attach myself to that I love, things that I can identify with or things that I think are really great, because if I if I'm reading a book and recording it and I think this book sucks, that's going to come through in my performance. So I look for ways to fall in love with every book that I'm narrating so that um, it comes through in my performance, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say that, like, for me, yeah, there are books that aren't aren't very good or they're not really, really great, but 
I had so many qualifiers for certain books that I've done where it's like, this book is really great because, or I really liked it because of, and I have reasons why I enjoyed it or what I appreciated about the book. Do I think that all of them are like, you know, award-winning novels? Well, no, of course not. But, you know, it's my job to love that book and to make the listeners love that book. That's my job. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing my job. I'm so, sure they could all win a, some random awards on the internet. <laughs> we could make a few up, right? Yeah, we could do, we could give him the official Josh or JBJ uh, fun buck. We give him the fun buck. No, award. the wait, fun buck is mine. Didn't we win an award that we made once? <laughs> I'm actually so best I'm actually, podcast. Uh, oh, the Portland CA best podcast award. We're giving it to you, buddy. Oh, thanks. You man. are now the Portland CA best narrator. So, actually, so am I going to get a little trophy in the mail that I can if, hang on my wall? or If uh, shipping's not bad, you might get a t-shirt. Uh, we only do shipping within the U.S. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can ship it to the border and you pick it up there. Yeah. I'm only five hours away from Montana. That works. I actually did, uh, yeah, that's worth I did, I did a search sold. of Nick Podell in my thing, and I did not realize how many audiobooks uh, that I own that he narrated. He does a lot of pretty big name and not so big name books, um, but some. Fidel's pretty prolific, especially in the lit RPG and fantasy genre. That's for sure. Yes, that's he, sweet vernacular, bro. Prolific. I've never <laughs> heard that word used. You've never in heard a prolific correctly. Used? Oh, you've tried to use it a few times. I know what prolific means. He fucked it up every time. <laughs> prolific means of great quantity. You're like, man, this sandwich is prolific. No, it's it's not, not, it wasn't even a big sandwich. He was sandwich. eating a six foot sub. <laughs> it was tiny. No, I was, it was eight, small because you're fat. Yeah, it's not prolific. True. Has nothing to do with size. If I was eating six six foot subs, then maybe. Well, they were six. No, foot you subs. said this is a plethora of subs. Oh, I remember. Okay. But yeah, no, he he uh, he does a lot. I did not realize. I guess his best is probably... Have you read the Rothfuss books? I haven't, no. Oh, man. I don't know how you miss out on those. Read the name, name of the Wind tonight. Or Trust oh, me. You, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're talking about... Yeah, Name of the Wind. Yes, I have read those. The first two. Yeah. So, you know what was interesting about those books for me is... Um, I really enjoyed the story. I found it interesting. I found it intriguing. But again, and maybe this is because I know that Cameron does the same thing with his OP characters. And oh. I felt like this character was really OP. And it was, it kind of, it made yeah, me laugh. A everything. Couple, yeah, it made me laugh a few times where he would just kind of wander into a situation and in a very brief amount of time would become a master of whatever he was mm -hmm. dealing with. Because and, uh, because he was raised as a like traveling performer, he's just perfect at everything. But like he goes, he goes to you know learn his fiddle or whatever he's playing his instrument. Yeah, and uh, just masters it to an incredible degree. And then he meets those warriors and ends up agreeing to go and train with them in their thing, and becomes like the best fighter there and beats mm -hmm. their whole thing that they live there. That's like their entire culture is around becoming these special warrior bodyguard type people and he does it in a matter of months what they do yeah. their work their entire lives to do and then i definitely agree with you on that but i think actually you you probably have a really good point i, th I think the reason why it's it's a, why i consider it one of my favorites is because uh <laughs> it's written so well i gotta go but <laughs> uh i really liked you being on the podcast cameron all right
Steve. Yeah, like, sorry, Cameron. How, how much did you like me? How much did you like it? I so liked much, it a lot. You even though even I remember my name. name. <laughs> Words are fluid, but I think we should uh, have you back after I listen to some of your other series under your different name. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, that'd Can be we fun. Actually, we'll, we'll bring you back on under your different name. Uh, Corey's got to go because he's got kids and he can't podcast anymore. No kids. worries. I, no worries. Awesome. Do uh, have a good night. Hey, thanks. Hey, <laughs> I had a bl- I had a blast. Steve, thanks for coming on the podcast. It was really good. It, it was, was better than fun. our normal shitty podcast. Yeah, I have to say, <laughs> first normal guest. People are always willing to to chat about themselves. Us narrators, we're <laughs> performing whores, so we'll you know you tell us we get to talk about ourselves and Actually, we're happy to do it. I mean, it. you say that, but Reese Witherspoon won't return my <laughs> emails. So. Should we have him do a uh, a plug or something so we can I mean, yeah we absolutely should we didn't really do that we we did forget that yeah you need to go ahead and plug yourself so we can put it on there and people know who you are and how to find you um so just like my social media yeah yeah i mean it, it, i'm assuming you 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 can put some of your more popular books or whatever if you want people to check those out just because uh i mean obviously you're going to get paid for people buying the books so yeah, well, I mean, we did talk about some of the ones that I have that are more popular. Like, I'm happy to talk about the uh, Fabled Islands by Cameron Milan and the Halcyon Rising by Stone Thomas is a great one that that has recently come out. And I think that that one's going to really do well as the series progresses, because the first book is pretty short at two or five hours and 20 minutes. But the next one is going to be, I think, over nine hours. Oh. So it's uh, and the one after that is I think it's pushing 16 hours. So, so yeah, if you if you just want to go ahead and tell us, uh, I, I mean, do the do the, do it, and we could probably put it in the beginning or closer to the beginning. So like, do your your name and your website and some of your books, something like that. My name is Steve Campbell, and uh, my website is uh, stevecampbellsvoice.com. Um, I'm also on social media at um, Steve Campbell at Steve Campbell Narrator on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, and then I also narrate under Chris Graves, and uh, he can be found on Facebook under Chris Graves. So I love how you talk about him as if he's a different person. <laughs> do your kids? I, <laughs> I'm sure your I kids do. don't know Chris Graves yet. No, my kids hopefully don't ever find out about Chris Graves, but You're like, I'm, this sure is they, your I'm sure they will eventually. We'll keep it a secret for you. <laughs> oh, thanks. So <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Seriously, it's it's been great. No, it was a lot of fun for me too. Thanks a lot. You guys are you guys are funny and it's fun. So had a blast. Good. We think we're funny, but most people tell us we're not. So it's it's hard <laughs> luck. Glad Steve decided to uh, do your audio book for free. Like we got yeah, it on tape. We got it sorted out. Excellent. We'll have to play that back because I'm I'm fuzzy on those details. <laughs> we'll we'll need to do some editing and we'll see. It. Yeah, you'll you'll lo- you'll love it so much you'll want to do it pro bono. Or I was very impressed when you understood the three seashells. <laughs> like it was mind blowing. As always, Josh wins. Josh wins. Josh wins. JDS. <laughs> we it don't know. It doesn't matter. So and I'm that's not got... a good ending anymore. And I'm...